all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You know, I've been saved for over 25 years now, you know, and, you know, I go to church every Sunday, and, uh, you know, I praise the Lord, I'm on the deacon board, you know, I pay my tithes and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, you know, and I believe in, uh, you know, saved by grace, and, uh, you know, I believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm saved like that, you know, but, uh, some things I'm just still, you know, feel that it's okay to do, you know, I don't hurt nobody, I don't harm nobody, I don't talk, I don't cuss, I don't do anything like that, you know, but, uh, you know, I drink. You know, the Bible talks about drinking and stuff like that is is okay and stuff like that, you know. But uh, uh, I drink and uh, I like to, you know, I like to feel good, you know, because it kind of soothes me and stuff like that, you know. And uh, so, I, 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 in my opinion, I think it's okay. I don't think uh, the Lord would be mad at me as long as I'm doing my good works and as long as I'm just, you know... Um, you know, doing the right things in church and everything, so I know he's not very pleased with it, but I think it's okay to just drink sometimes. Sometimes I might drink a little bit too much and whatever like that, you know, I might get angry and stuff like that, but I, I do drink, you know, and, uh, but I, you know, and, uh, if, some, if a believer asks me well, what they feel about drinking, I say, man, it's okay as long as you're drinking in moderation. The Bible talks about that, you know, as long as you're drinking casual and everything like that, you know, as long as you don't drink too much and whatever like that, man, you know, as far as that, you know, and uh, I have a little problems with my liver and stuff like that because I've been drinking over 20, you know, uh, 20 years now. Even though I've been saved, I've been drinking over 20 years now. And it's kind of bothers my liver and everything. It's, it messes up my marriage a little bit, but I don't think too much wrong with it. I think it's okay, you know, so that's that's what I feel about that, you know, and I think uh, the Lord is okay with that, you know. You know, uh, smoking, I think, uh, I smoke, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, I'm a Christian and everything, you know, I, I heard about the grace message and everything like that, so, you know, I sincerely believe that Jesus died for my sins and his death, burial, resurrection, you know, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm saved, you know. You know, and I, I, I'm glad God forgave me of my sins and everything, because every time I sin, it's all good now, you know, I'm all clean. So, I feel that, uh, you know, I smoke. You know, I, I smoke three, three packs a day, 
you know, my, my, my man be talking about you smoke too much. My husband, you know, father's and everything, because we married. We're doing it the right way now. Don't judge. But we married and everything. We're doing it the right way. But I just smoke. I smoke cigarettes a lot. And, uh, you know, he, he tells me I smoke too much, too much, and I need to stop that and everything. I say, it's okay. The Lord already forgave me. I don't think it's a sin, you know. <coughs> <coughs> Sin, you know, but <clears throat> I just need to clear my throat a little bit. But I, you know, I like, you know, like smoking. You know, I think, you know, God took care of my sins and everything. You know, some things, you know, I remember a person, a preacher was saying that some things were just gonna have with us. You know, and uh, you know, smoking is one of them. You know, you know, I drink a little bit. You know, before I that, I can control my drinking. You know, and I can stop smoking when I want. You know, I can stop anytime. I can stop smoking whenever I want. You know, you know, and everything like that by the grace of God. You know, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know, you know, I just smoke, and I know, you know, I went to the doctor the other day, and you know, they said my throat was kind of clogged up and it's real dark and black down there. I don't know what they mean by that, but you know, and I need to stop smoking and everything. And I just, and I said, yeah, I know I need to do that. You know, praise God, the Lord will take care of that. But if I die, you know, I'm going to heaven. You know, that's all I say. So I'm not too much worried about. I know I'm I'm saved by grace and I'm going to heaven. So, you know, but I know I need to stop that smoking and everything. But right now, I like it. You know, and far as that, I be around a lot of smokers and I like to still, you know, do a little partying and stuff like that. You know, and the Lord needs to work with me on that. I know, don't judge. Me. And the Lord needs to work with me on that, so don't be judging me and everything. But uh, you know, I'm a work in pro- pro- progress, you know. And uh, you know, but yeah, I know I need to stop that smoking. You know, it's, it's not bad. You know, I know it's bad. I mean, it's bad. Hmm. Really, really, really. Okay. This is Joseph Brownlee. Your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. How's everyone doing today? Hello to my listeners. That's in the United States and international listeners. Welcome to my show. Welcome to the segment of Hot Topics. Hot topics, hot topics. You heard those testimonies. My last, my last hot topic I got into uh, marijuana and etc. Dealing mostly dealing with marijuana. You could put other devices on that as well, but that happened. I was just mostly getting into uh, marijuana smoking and stuff like that. There's a lot that I can add to that, but I just wanna get this done and I'm going to put it all in a bundle and then I'm going to talk, I'm going to give you my opinion and I'm going to give you the final say so, which is the word of God and what the God, how you think God looks at this and does God have anything to say about this? What do God think about this? And uh, we're going to find out and see what the scripture says about it. And some will be surprised and some will not. Okay. Now, Okay, excuse that sound. That's just me. A text message coming in. I hope I don't get a lot of that, but uh, you know, uh, that means a text message is coming in. So let, let, let's let's get into this. I'm gonna get right to this. This is hot topic 120. I mean, hot topic. Uh, one of my uh, one of my hot topics is a 20 hot topics. I probably got about 13 or 14 more to go, and uh, 
but this is a hot topic I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, just, just marijuana smoking, smoking cigarettes, drinking, and whatever device. I didn't get into the other devices like what, uh, snorting cocaine, heroin, and, you know, or what other drugs or things you are caught up in, or, you know, I didn't get into that because that's, that's all, that's, that's, that's self-explanatory. We all know for sure what we think God feel about that. You know, we know that's destroying your body. And right now, you know, I'm not going to get into that. I I picked out these specific areas because these are more common. And I'm not saying Christians doesn't do those other things. Hopefully not. Or I have to question some people's salvation. They're still really digging into this. But this is a more common thing. Uh, Smoking pot. You have Christians that smoke pot, even grace believers, I believe, smoking pot. I don't have a proof of that, but it's, it's a possibility. So I can't say they do. And uh, uh, believers uh, that saved by uh, grace, that very resurrection of Christ, believing that and receiving it, you know, in denominational churches, and that struggles with smoking pot, you know, and they have their reasons why, and, or they smoke cigarettes, or they drink alcohol, you know, lightly or a lot. So... And then, but the question is, what do God, what do you think God feel about that? And is that good for a Christian to do that? Or is it okay? You know, since they're saved by grace and they're not getting charged for sin anyway, as the young lady kept putting emphasis on that on the last testimony you heard, you noticed that young lady, uh, she kept putting emphasis on that. You know, these are fictional people. Okay, before I get started, if you hear all this noise and, you know, I'm in a studio that's not very soundproof, so you're going to hear every vehicle mostly that goes by, the trucks and the cars or whatever like that. So sometimes I feel like I'm right outside or I'm right by it, but it is not. It's just that uh, that this is not soundproof and I'm by a window, so you're going to hear a lot of the sounds that's out here. I sound like country now here. I mean here, a lot of these sounds like you just heard now. I also have other people in other study rooms that might voice might carry, they might be louder. And I don't know, some people don't really, I don't know if they, they really get what a study room is. You know, study room, you're still in a library. So you still, like I do now, still try to talk low, but I can talk uh, talk loud enough that you can hear it. But some people think a study room that you can just get loud and just talk and have a party. And I don't know what they feel about study rooms. I don't know. They just not getting it, you know. I'm not sure it's a rule against that, but I'm going to get through this. So if you hear the loud talking, and stuff like that, that's because someone is in another study room, you know, and not not really into the rules of the study rules, or they just not getting the word study, or they just voice just carry. Some people's voices just carry. So you might hear that they're not part of my uh my part of my project and not part of my part of my program. They just voices you hear from cars and trucks from the outside and people in the next room that make voices just might carry, you know, a little bit louder. And uh, But I'm trying to keep it low because I know that I'm still in the library even though I'm in the study room and I know the sound is still can get out, you know, as far as that. So that's why I talk close to my mic. Okay, anyway, let me get off that. All right. That's more of a rant. It's <laughs> more of a rant because my patience is short sometimes, and I need help on that. Saints, pray for me. Pray for me on that. You know, really pray. You know, don't. I don't just. I don't say that loosely. Really pray. You know, wait to me. You know, for help. You know. Well, anyway, this segment. I'm not going to get so much in 
testimonies and audios and, uh, you know, and or uh, articles and stuff like that because I want to get through this. Because I don't think I need to do that. Most believers and even the unsaved, the unbelievers that's listening to this know about different situations and different takes on what I'm talking about when it comes to um, substance use or substance abuse in a Christian's life. I'm not talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about the saved. So if you are not saved, I'm not talking to you. I'm not saying to make it right, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the saved person that uh, that lives, that likes openly or struggles with it. And that's why I put emphasis on living it and struggling with it. You know, living it mean that you're open with it. You think it's okay, even in the eyes of God. And you think it's okay. Now your spirit man tells you something else, but your over flesh overrides that because you know you saved by grace. True grace believers. What I mean by that, I'm not trying to separate the body, the church, but I'm just saying grace believers that believe the true way of being saved, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ by believing in that and receiving that in their life. Okay, their personal lives. Those ones I'm talking about that they might they might casual drink or they might casually smoke or etc. like that, and they think it's okay. And they have biblical references, therefore they can find in the Bible that they feel that can justify them doing that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking you know, you have the ones that's struggling, you know, that struggles with overindulging in those things and they do it for one reason because they like to get high they like that feeling you know that's just real talk now you know so you have to and, and, and they like to do that but they want to get out of it. they want to stop it because they know they overindulge it they wouldn't wouldn't want to go to rehab so they wouldn't want to go to some type of uh, Christian programs that will help them get out of it if they felt that it was wrong or if they was overindulging. Now, is it a sin? You know, now that's the question. Is it a sin? Even if it is a sin, you know, your sins have been dealt with, you know, already. First of all, believer and unbeliever, even if it's a sin, your sin has already been dealt with. But it still can affect your lifestyle, whether you're abusing it or you're just using it. It still can affect your body. That's that, that's my point right there. So because your sins are being forgiven, don't mean you can you can partake in certain things that's not pleasing for the temple. You know, Paul talks about that. You know, he's allowed, but he's he's he, he's allowed to do all things, but all things that's not good for them. I'm putting it in a paraphrased way. You know, he's allowed. We are allowed to do certain things. God is not going to stop us for doing certain things or doing even even certain devices. But is it good for us? That don't mean it's good for will because you're allowed to do it. Doesn't mean you're good for. It's good for you. Let me put it that way. Okay. This is what I'm saying. Now, you heard the first testimony. I'm going to talk about that. And uh, this is smooth ease. He's, he's a real smooth cat. You know, you can hear it in his voice. He's just real smooth. These are fictional characters. I made up these characters, but it, it, it pertains to real things that's going on in life. So I made up these uh, these characters. I altered the voice a little bit. So the, the, the characters are myself, but I just altered my voice, and I just made up these characters and everything like that. And I'm going to be doing that sometimes in my events, and I'll let you know if these are real uh, people, and I'll let you know if they are, they're fictional people that I made up, but they're, they're happening, they're, these things are going on in believers and unbelievers lives okay but i just want to talk about the saved people this is about the ones that's already saved that already gave their heart to christ by believing in his death burial resurrection and received that 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 penalty that he done on the cross in their lives for a change okay all right okay you heard 
old smooth selling. You know, he was talking about how he drinking and, and, you know, he even said, I think he'd been drinking, what, over 20 years or something like that. You know, he said he had issues with his liver. Now, that should be a red flag. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Want a holiday gift your employees or clients will actually love? Send them gourmet peanuts from Hubbard Peanut Company. Hubs Peanuts is a family-owned company that's been making high-quality, delicious peanuts and sending them to every corner of the globe since 1954. Order some of Hubs plain, salted, or chocolate-covered peanuts in a special gift tin for the perfect gift for your friends, employees, clients, or even yourself. Visit HubsPeanuts.com. That's H-U-B-S Peanuts.com right there for a believer. Now I'm talking to the save now. That should be a red flag right there for a believer. Now what I'm going to do, I'm just going to be reading. I'm going to be giving my opinion. You can take it or leave it. You don't have to agree with it. That's on you. But you know, when it comes to the word of God, you're going to have to agree or disagree. But believe me that you are believers. This is the word of God. And I'm going to go to the word of God, you know, you know, uh, about what the word of God about say about certain things, how a believer should be conducting themselves, you know. Now, everything that a believer does because he's drink, he might casually drink wine, you know. You know, yes, some wine drinkers. I don't knock the wine drinkers or nothing like that. I don't do it. You know, I don't. You know, you know, it's for each his own. When it comes to believer, I don't knock a person that still drinks wine. You know. If they say they drink wine or whatever like that, you know, for dinner, you know, or something like that, you know, they drink wines for that and they like the taste of it. They like it for dinner and something like that. I might have an issue with a person that uh, drinks wine for any other reason, just to make them feel better. Because we got the Holy Spirit. We don't need wine to do that. Uh, to make them feel better or make them feel bold or whatever like that. That's when it becomes a problem. You have some Christians will not admit it, but they do drink it for that reason. They will not admit it. So, you know, I don't know what your motives are. And even in the eyes of God, your motives is very important. Why are you putting certain things in your body? We always remember that no matter what. Since we talk about substance, I'm getting to sexual addiction and everything. I'm getting to all that because it's going to affect all of us believers that struggling or living this type of lifestyle. Okay, but that's another one. So, therefore, that's the way I look at it, because I know some people wonder why they don't, but don't go about me. Some people are totally against drinking. I'm for that. Whether it's wine or whatever, they feel it's going to set off something, or they just not for a pure. I'm for that. You know, I'm really more for that, you know. But, you know, and then you got some people say it's okay, as long as it's infirmant wine and different things like that. Okay, you know, yeah, I, I get that and everything, you know, but uh, what about alcohol? I don't think there's no such thing as infirmant alcohol and things like that. Let's talk about alcohol. We can go back and forth on the wine. Infirmant wine or fermented wine, you know, without the 
the substance that make you high and, and drunk and all that. Because there was a lot of people drinking some of that good wine and still getting drunk when they overindulged in it. You're not supposed to overindulge on anything. Now, I ain't got nothing against drinking wine. I think wine might be okay for some believers. That's their choice. They're not drunkards, so they're not doing it for that. I don't do it, period, because I don't, I, you know, I used to drink. I used to drink, you know, a lot of wine, cheap wine and whatever like that, and alcohol. So, therefore, I, I don't want that back in my life. So, when I gave up that, I gave it up, period. I just never liked it. No more, period. Thank God for that. But you have some believers that drink it casually, you know, and uh, not every day. They drink it casually. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they drink it with dinner and stuff like that. No, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that, you know. My point is when you're overindulging, you're drinking for another reason. How was your motive? Why you putting certain things in you? Does it have control over you or you do you have control over it? That's important. Does that substance have control over you or do you have control over it? If it has control over you, it becomes an issue and it can lead to a lot of bad living and a lot of bad of lifestyles. Let me just put it that way. Okay, hope I got that clear. Okay, you know, but that's just me. Just me. Uh, that's just me. Now, the uh, young man was talking about, you know, his livers. Oh, evidently, he's pretty much, and he's a Christian. This fictional person is a Christian. and But you can see that he indulges in it. And he said it makes him angry and stuff like that. That tells you it's a problem in his life. It's not worth it, you know. And that's the way I look at it. It's not worth it. Therefore, if you live in, he's living an open uh, lifestyle with, when it comes to drinking. Now, his issue is not only wine, he drinks alcohol. You know, he drinks all the stuff. You know, that's, you know, statistics and everything. Save the unsaved, let you know that it's not, it's not good for your body. It's going to affect your body and your mentality or your psyche in some way. Just like marijuana. I don't care. Nobody said good marijuana is. There's a lot of, in cannabis, whatever you want to call it, it's going to affect your psyche in some way because it's man made. It's man-made. You know, it's not the natural herbs that God made. Man is corrupted. They curse the evil. Purposely or unpurposely, it's man-made. It's going to cause a problem. Period. Period. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> mm. But I'm talking about the alcohol drinker now. And when I hear a person or I hear a believer say, well, um, such and such a person, Paul used wine and stuff for the infirmities of um, the sickness of Timothy and stuff like that. Or whatever Paul told him to use wine and everything. Yes, wine is good for some reason. Everything I believe is infirm, unfermented wine. I believe it wasn't. It wasn't something that Paul wasn't telling him to drink wine to get drunk. So I, I debunk the people that says that. The, it, look at the motive. The motive why Paul told Timothy to take a little wine because it was part of a healing. Therefore, the firm, infirmated wine, I believe, the Bible doesn't say specific or affirmative or infirmity, but it, I believe it's just well-graped up wine for his infirmity. Now, if you probably drunk too much of it, yeah, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have an effect. You know, this is just me. But I believe, you know, according to the biblical, by knowing the Bible and knowing the wine in the Bible, it goes both ways. And very little in the Bible you see wine is doing something that's good. The uh, I think the book of uh, uh, Solomon talks about different wines and the grapes and the wines and everything like that. You know, they talk about the nourishment of the wine. Most of it is because, you know, how the wine make you feel. 
you know, now some people are genuine wine tasters. They're professional wine tasters, you know, stuff like that. They like the texture and stuff and if they like that, but they cannot ignore the relaxation it gives them. If if what is abusing a wine? When your body lets you know if you overindulge in anything when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to wine. But since we're gonna start off on wine, if even wine starts out good and it can help you in firming it, I'm talking about and affirmative wine is a whole different thing. Now, when I'm talking about wine, a Christian out there drinking wild Irish roll, white port, night train, the mad dog 2020, hey, man, that, that, there's no reason for that because what do those things, those are known to be bad. They dare to get you drunk. They dare to get you high. They sell a lot. They're not as more expensive as the, as the so-called good wine. You know, they, they, they're not. To me, no wine is good to me. I, I, I just, not be saying it's bad, but to me, I, you know, that's my take on that. I, I just rather not drink it. You know, I don't need that to, uh, to eat. I just buy some Kool-Aid. might be worse than wine, drinking all that sweet sugar stuff. So that, But that's another story. So you can indulge that as well. But my point is, if you're drinking this name cheap wine like that as a believer, you're drinking it for one reason, to make you feel better, to make you forget how miserable you are in life or, you know, your hurtness or make you. It's a reason why you drink that stuff, because it makes you feel better, makes you feel more confident. Therefore, there is an issue. There is an issue. You don't even have to wonder if God is pleasing with that. Your spirit, man, already convicts you unless you know you should not do it. Because remember, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, not the physical body, the spirit, man. Okay, so don't think you're just drinking and then all of a sudden the spirit is getting drunk. No, 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 the Bible's not saying that. It's just saying don't abuse your temple. Don't abuse your temple. Don't overindulge in anything. I don't care if it's overeating. I don't care if it's whatever. Anything you overindulge is not pleasing in God's eyes. That that, that means he's he's putting his wrap down on you and calling everything a sin. Because some things you do in your life is called weights. And weights can lead to sin, and sometimes they don't. Even if it's a weight that's, you know, stopping you from getting close to God or you taking more credence or credence over that substance, over studying the Bible, not so much that you're sinning. And even if you were sin, God has forgiven that. You might be ignorant of it, but it's still sin, but he's just not charging it forward. Doesn't mean you abuse it. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Doesn't mean you abuse it because your body will let you go until your body becomes numb and it numbs your mind. You don't even have a conviction no more, believer. You just do it casually, like some of them do, okay? I'm going to deal with that. Now, the ones that are struggling with alcohol and stuff like that, you know, some of the stuff I don't have to explain. They know they're overindulging, you know, because of their lifestyle. They might be alcoholics. They might be sub alcoholics. They might, you know, I'm not, let's get past the wine. Yeah, I'm talking, let's talk about the Christians. Let's be real. They drink a lot of hard alcohol, hard liquor, man. They might, I don't care how cheap and how expensive it is. I'm talking about both parties, the ones that treat, that uh, drink. Cheap alcohol and expensive alcohol, you know, files that overindulging in that will destroy your body on the long run, physically or mentally or both, period. Do I have to explain that to a believer? I don't think so. Your inner man will let you know. 
when you're overindulging. Your inner man and your conviction will let you know when you shouldn't be doing that. Once you understand your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you will be convicted. But you, that's why you want to change. That's why you go to these these groups and everything, you know, whatever. Some people are against these groups. Some Christians, man, whatever helps you to get through it. Long as you don't overtake the word of God. As long as their teaching is lined up with the true word of God, you know, basically, you know, Man, go get that help. Woman, go get that help, you know, because, you know, it's going to destroy you on the long run. It's divorces, broken up relationships, abuse. You know, the alcohol does a lot of crazy stuff to a person when it's over abuse. And it's, you know, because it's going to affect your psyche and it's going to affect you physically and mentally. Okay. Those for the ones that's, that's, that's really struggling, you know. And that's really open what it's saying is okay. Now, you notice that he's thinking, he kept saying, I think. I think it's okay. See, but the point thing, what does God think and what does the Bible say about that? Okay, what you're doing, what you and I do, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sexual addiction, anything. It always comes down to not my opinion, not your opinion, not mom, dad's, or the popes, or nobody like that, or the president, you know. It doesn't matter. It's what God's word says against it. Whether you're living that lifestyle or whether you're struggling with it. Struggling means you're looking to change. You want to get out of it. Living with it means you got comfortable with it. You got comfortable living that way. But you are a Christian. You just got comfortable with it. But, you know, both will suffer the consequences. The only difference is the one that's struggling. At least they're looking for help and it's a better chance that they can stop. The ones that's casual have no means of stopping. They like what they're doing. They're not putting their effort into stopping. They think they got all the day in the world because their sins are being forgiven. They're looking at the sin thing. See? You can, your sins forgiven because that don't mean that the thing can kill, won't kill your body. That don't mean you're still not going to suffer physically. So um, you got to look at it that way for the grace believers and the believers, you know, for the church. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk about the young lady that she's talking about. She smokes cigarettes. I think she said she smokes cigarettes three packs a day. <laughs> now, a person comes down, well, the Bible don't talk about cigarettes, about whatever like that. The Bible doesn't talk about cigarettes and everything. No, the Bible doesn't talk about cigarettes. Did they have cigarettes smoking then? I doubt it. But, you know, I don't know what they had then. They probably had certain pipes they used, like in some ancient countries or whatever like that. Now, don't you don't think God knows about cigarettes was coming in the future? <laughs> Some people, good Christians, got to think. When God says, don't defile your body and, you know, and certain things we shouldn't do, the Bible knows good and well that cigarettes and all this other stuff is coming in. And you already know because God is the future as well as he the present and the past. We have to understand that, okay? You know, I'm not here to condone what nobody do or the uncle, you know, something. Let me put it this way. I'm not here to judge you. When it comes to choices you make it, but it would be okay if I did. It wouldn't be against the principles of God according to the, the teachings of the Apostle Paul. It's okay for me to do that. You know, and I'm getting to some scriptures on that. So it wouldn't be wrong. I'm just saying personally, I'm not here to do that. But if I do, it's going to be lined up with the word of God. And I would like you to do the same for me. What the Bible principles of the Bible, if I'm openly indulging in it, is is a line to be drawn when it comes to the body of Christ. Not losing your salvation, but it is a strict line. I'm going to get into that. Okay. But what I'm saying, she was saying, you know, don't judge her, don't judge me, don't judge me. That's her guilt. She already been convicted. She already feels guilty, but she has become comfortable in that lifestyle. She has become comfortable in that lifestyle. Now, as a smoking, sinning, 
It's a smoking sin. I wouldn't look at it so much as a sin, but I look at it so much as a defilement of the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying because a person smoked their sin, and I'm not going to say that, but it will affect your body. It will affect your, affect your body in a way that can lead to other things. See, now, some people look at it as a sin. So, therefore, if a person look at it as smoking as a sin, remember what the Bible says, especially Romans 14 and other scriptures of Pastor Paul, it is a sin to you. So, if it's a sin to you, it is a sin in the eyes of Jesus because you've been convicted for it. That means, you know, or I've been convicted. Therefore, if I'm a smoker and you look at it as sin, I shouldn't smoke in front of you. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. This is Marshall Rabel with Hubbard Peanut Company. Give the gift of crunchy goodness this year with Hubs Peanuts. For over 70 years, our family-owned company has been cooking and packaging the finest Virginia peanuts in beautiful gift tins, perfect for your friends, employees, or clients. Choose from plain salted or chocolate-covered peanuts. Hubs Peanuts are the perfect way to say thank you. And with our ability to handle large orders, Hubs has you covered. Visit HubsPeanuts.com to place your order. Hubbard Peanut Company, Virginia's finest. See, because it's affecting you, because it's to you, it's sin, and you don't want to be around it. Okay, I should have to respect it as you are brother and sister in Christ, first of all. And then when it comes to myself, I'm the temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm sealed with the temple of the Holy Spirit, so I'm not getting away. It's still affecting my inside of the body. Some things is not meant to be in this physical body. Period. Why is man made? Now, I'm not saying all man made things is bad, but a lot of it is is bad because imperfect man. You know. So therefore, I need to respect the person that thinks sinning and they think smoking is sin. I'm looking at it in their respect. If it's sin, the Bible specifically says if it seems like sin to them. I must put that cigarette out. Now, I don't smoke, but I'm just using it as an example. But it might be other things that I do. Watching bad movies, whatever, you know. We got to put it in perspective for today. For today, okay, saints? We must put everything in perspective for today. I must stop that to respect the weaker vessel. To respect the weaker vessel. You understand? I hope they're not too loud over there. You know, they're getting excited over there and loud. But to respect the vessel. Now, when it comes to myself... I'm the judge of that, you know. God is not going to punish me and nothing like that, but I'm going to suffer the consequences if I keep smoking. I'm not saying I'm going to catch cancer or anything like that, but it's, the, 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 it never, it's never good for your body, period. Putting, putting smoke in your body is never good, period. I don't care if it's a vapor. You got the Christian vote, vapors trying to make that. The vapor, all this stuff you can study, and it's showing that vapors, have somewhat the same effect as an average regular cigarette smoker. So, it's man-made. Okay, saints, it's man-made. It's not good for your temple, but if you want to do that, that's on you. God is not accusing you of sin. He's not saying that he's going to punish you for sin because it's not nothing to do with sin. Your sins have been forgiven if you think it's a sin. 
whether you smoke or you don't smoke, but it will affect your temple. It will affect your temple some way, you know. Okay. She says she thinks about three smokes, uh, three packs a day. So she's, the, the cigarettes have control over her. And the voice, you can hear her voice is kind of scratchy. I heard a lot of people that smoke, that smoked a long time, they have that scratchy voice. And it's, and it's rough when you hear a, a, a beautiful young lady with a scratchy voice. It affects their voice and stuff like that. They have a very scratchy voice. And that's uh, from the effects of smoking a lot of cigarettes. You know, it's not pleasing. It's not good for the temple. It's affecting your body. God cares about this physical temple, you know, because we have to live on earth. That's why I always say, and I also believe that sometimes we can just go home early without even, without even knowing. We can, we can, we can be committing a unknowing suicide without even knowing it. We could be killing ourselves. We might get a trip to the heavy places early because of the way we abuse our bodies or our lifestyle. It happens every day to Christians, okay? All right. Okay. All right, I almost lost my, my train of thought there. I'm trying to get to this. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get this so you can understand where I'm going with this, okay? You know, I'm going I'm to hit some scriptures. I'm going to get, this is my opinions, and this is what I feel. You know, I'm not reading no articles. This is just my opinion. You come to your conclusions. You go, oh, your articles, and you come to your opinions. This is mine, you know, when it comes to that. I'm trying to just... Keep it as close as is relevant to what the word of God look at things. And I'm going to get to that to prove what I'm saying, you know. So you can disagree with me, but when it comes to the word of God, you go for there. You know, you got, you got some issues when you disagree with the word of God, you know. Um, you know, so I'm going to let you deal with that. But that's what I have to say about these two. I told, I played the, uh, my, my, uh, few podcasts back, I talked about the, uh, you know, Tommy Cannabis, and I talked about Little G, <laughs> you know, the characters right there, and they're, they're probably mostly smoking marijuana and stuff like that, smoking they, and all of them somewhat seem to justify it, you know, because they're a Christian, it was basically a lot of, I believe, you know, with these companies, characters, I made these characters to try to justify, you know, because their sins are being forgiven anyway, so they felt it was okay, then, you know, but I didn't put them I didn't put one by by each other between the struggler and the, uh, which I should have done, and the one that's living a casual, you know, lifestyle in that substance or in that device. So because I always say there is a difference, and now I'm going by my experience. Now there is a difference in everything. People look for a specific thing for the Bible to say, you know, blah 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 blah. Bible is specific on certain things. It doesn't name it. Let me say that again. The Bible, and I'm going to prove it. The Bible is specific on certain things without even naming it. You know, Christian, you know, the unbeliever might not know. My nine times of ten, they don't. But the belief, that's why they misinterpret drinking and all that in the Bible, you know, and justify what they do. But that's the unbeliever, you know. Their, their problem is salvation. They ain't drinking. Their problem is salvation. And even they say it's just salvation. But when it comes to the believer, that want to know about that question. The Holy Spirit is there to convict you and to check you when you're going in the wrong. And if you're not getting convicted anymore, it's because, you, it's, it's because you're so caught up in it. I know I have been there several times. I'm so numb and caught up in it. I don't even feel a conviction no more. The crying turned into, uh, well, yeah, I know that was wrong type of attitude. That tells you it has control over you. You don't have control over it, whatever substance or addiction that you're struggling with. And I'm talking to the believer now, okay? 
That's the difference. But I, I seek help. I always seek help. I'm struggling too much. I look for articles. I seek help because I don't want to live that way compared to the person that's comfortable with what they're doing. There is a difference. And I'm talking about believers. Some believers are not believers. Some believers that call themselves Christians are not Christians. But I'm just talking about the ones that's really Christians. That's really believers. See, that's what this is about. Not the ones that think or this is, I'm not talking about what they believe. Or what they believe or how to be saved. I'm talking about the ones that really are saved. That struggle or choose struggling. When I mention struggle, I mean they want to change. They want to get out of it. They want to be clean. They want to live right for God compared to the ones that's casual and comfortable with that lifestyle. Okay? Now, to answer this question, let's go to the Bible. You heard what I thought about it. You heard what I thought about it, okay? Let's go to the Bible. Then I'm going I'm to end this section. I don't even have to go no deeper, believers. Um, some people might have one, three, four, five, six, seven sections like the rehabs or the, uh, what they call it, the 12, 14 steps and everything like that. No, I'm not, I'm not against those. You have some believers that are, for one reason or the other, yeah, because, you know, they... They look at God as the the most, you know, the one up there or the most high power, you know, it's just, you know, I can understand that. But if any way you can get some help and some of those places work for a lot of people and believers as well, you know, but the problem with those centers when it comes to 12 steps of alcohol economics or whatever like that, you know, I question it because they make, they, they have you, they make you, they almost teach that you got to always believe that you're an alcoholic. Therefore, you're never going to not, you're never going to stop being an alcoholic. That's your life. I'm an alcoholic. You call in those things. You just say, I'm not talking about word of attraction and nothing like that. But as long as you keep building in your mind that you are an alcoholic or you're going to always be a drinker or going to always be a sexual addict, you're going to always look at pornography at these groups, that's not help for the believer. We can't do like the world. We have been redeemed. We have the Holy Spirit to deliver us from all this. Now, some of us are going to carry these things with us. But my point, we have a help mate that's saying, I'm not that. No, I'm not. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a porn addict or nothing like that. I have porn addictions and habits and everything, but I don't have to believe, live the rest of my life saying and claiming and saying that I'm that thing that I'm trying to get away from. Because therefore, you will always think that. You will always be in bondage. You always think you're sinning. You're sinning. You're wrong. Even when you think about it, you always be beating up yourself. So that's the that's the bad part about some of those groups, you know, that I don't recommend for believers most of the time. But you have some good ones out there, you know, within the church. You have some good ones. They understand it, and some extent the biblical the biblical way of just rehab and helping other believers. I'm for that. Okay, all right. You know, I'm right there. Let's let's get into the Bible. Now, what I'm gonna read now is gonna is gonna be the answer. To the question, what do God think about certain things, how we live? I'm going to read the Bible, and you're going to go from there. You know, and I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm going to get into the next topic, which is going to be another hot topic, sexual addiction. Yes. Ugh. Sexual addiction. Yes, I'm going to get into something that affects, you know, me and affect a lot of others and everything, you know, and everybody have a certain... Not everybody, some people have, and Christians have a certain struggle when it comes to sexual addiction. It depends what it is. I'm going to get into that. And the next hot topic, that's going to be real hot as well, but they are no holes barred. You know, we're going to get into this, you know, and, and um, 
a lot of these scriptures I'm, I'm reading now is going to pertain to the answers of that too. So you already have your answers in advance, in advance how did God look at this through the teachings of the Apostle Paul. You can go back and see how God dealt with certain open sins and stuff like that in the Old Testament or, you know, in time past. He dealt with it very harshly because he was condemning them, especially Israel, you know, when it came to their, you know, their their different sins and different things. There was a law then. The sin was being punished. He also dealt before the, uh, the law came how he dealt with the days of Noah, how he destroyed them, and, you know, and stuff, stuff like that because of their evil behavior. And they knew the difference between good and evil. So is that the same guy? Yes, but different dispensations. He has the same purpose for us to be clean and holy, period. He just deals with us in a more, a more graceful way because he's not dealing with us with sin anymore in this dispensation you know all we don't know us is about faith to believe in what his son done so therefore therefore you look at it in that whole aspect you shouldn't have a you shouldn't even ask that question how do god feel about certain things a christian i don't know i expect the unbeliever to ask them but a believer should know better i believe we are because the word is right there in our face so let me just read this all right all right let me read it all. Let me read a lot of scripture here. So let's go to Ephesians 5. Now, before we go to Ephesians 5, let's go to 1 Corinthians 5 and 1. And this one, I'm going to read some things uh, in the King James Bible. And some I'm going to use the Living Translation for para paraphrasing reasons, you know. And these are a lot of things that, that some people have a hard time understanding the King James uh, some parts of the Living Bible is is it 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 coincides. It agrees. Whatever whenever doesn't doesn't agree, and I know when it doesn't, I'm not going to agree. But I'm going to say no. That's not what the King James is saying. This is is what the King James is saying. But this is not what the King James is saying. So it is some truth in there. I'm just reading to some that that's that adds up truthfully compared to the King James. I'm not trying to interpret the King James by the Living Bible. I'm just trying to interpret the Living Bible by the King James in an explanation way because I know words and different and Greek textures are different, you know. Remember I talked about the Antioch and I talked about the Alexandria and one of my teachers earlier. So we're gonna get now I'm not getting into that now. So all right. Let's read this. This is about the uh the fornication in the church. I know it has nothing to do with drinking or whatever, but it's gonna lead to the same thing. I'm gonna you're gonna see where I'm going and see the whole way that God and the church are supposed to deal with different people that's, you know, in this type of lifestyle. Okay. All right. King James says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication. It is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday verse 2 king james version version and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that done this deed might be taken away from among you 
for I verily as absent in body, that means he wasn't there. Uh, Paul wasn't there. He wasn't there in the body. He just That's what he means when he said absent in the body. He's just saying he's not there among you. He's, it's all about a letter. He's writing a letter. For I verily as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that had so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan. Who is this one? We're going to get into that. For the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to go on a living Bible, so for the ones that needs a better paraphrase translation, okay? Your glorying is not good. No, you're not. That the, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, Okay. What it means by that, you know, that means, you know, a little sin, a little corruption leverage everything else. It can it can it can spread out to other believers, you know, for the little sin that you're allowed to go on around you within the church of the body of Christ. Okay. Seven. So purge out therefore that old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are of leaven. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle or a letter not to company with fornicators. Now, let's listen to this carefully. Fornicators. Now, what is a fornicator? A fornicator is a person just having sex outside of marriage. That's the worldly way. Now, if a believer doing it, this is rebuke for a church. If a believer is living in fornication, remember, there's a diff difference between fornication and an adultery. A fornicator is a person that's having sex outside of marriage. Adultery is a person that's having sex with somebody else's spouse, whether it's a man or woman. So you know the difference between a fornicator and an adulterer. Okay? Not adultery, adulterer. I wrote it to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators having sex outside of marriage, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world. Not with the world, because the world will be the world. In other words, that's what Paul's saying. He ain't talking about not not altogether being with the ones in the world, because this is a normal thing for most of the world. Fornication is, they don't feel convicted. They, this is the way they live, okay? Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters, or or for them must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother, listen to this, that is called a brother, be a fornicator. If they are in Christ and call themselves a Christian, we shouldn't associate it with a brother or a sister that calls himself a, a, a the supposed to be in Christ, that be a fornicator or living in the fornicator or covetous or idolater or a relative or a drunk or destruction with such a one, no, not to eat. For what have we to do to judge them also that are without or do we judge them that are within? Okay, let's read the living Bible right away because of time constraints. All right. This is the living Bible. I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. Hmm. Okay. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Okay. You hear that? What do you do? What was the church told to do by the Apostle Paul? Okay, to do that. Oh, no, this is Jesus through the Apostle Paul giving the rebuke to the body of Christ. Even though, and it goes on for today as well. Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in spirit, plainly said. And as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man. 
okay? In the name of the Lord Jesus, you must call a meeting in the church. What church? The body of Christ. Not with the world. The body of church. This is what we should be doing. This is the format, precise format the church should be doing. I will be present with you in spirit and so with the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan. Why? So that his sinful nature will be destroyed. Not a salvation. His sinful nature. Okay? And then he says, he, he, he elaborates more. That so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day of the Lord. I mean, he's saved, but his sinful nature will be destroyed. You got to, you know, get him away from that because a little leaven leavens a whole lump and it can affect a lot of other people in the church to live the same way. Your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Self-explanatory. Get rid of the old yeast. All that sinful living by removing this wicked person from among you, according to the Living Bible, calls it wicked. It said, "Purge out therefore the old living, that you may be a new lump, that you may live for Christ." Passover, okay. The um, Living Bible says wicked, okay. I'm not gonna go there because that's a different translation. King James doesn't say wicked. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ our Passover Lamb has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival not with old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. Remember, I'm reading out the Living Bible, you know, not the King James. King James is more accurate. Uh, uh, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. Um, King James says, when I wrote into you in a letter, not to accompany with fornicators. So that's the same type of translation, good translation by the living. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers, not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about the church who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like this. So he's putting it broader about that outside wicked living. Do not associate with those that practice or live in that life, you know, that's called themselves as Christian within the church. If they're living in openly like that, do not associate with them because it can affect you or others. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges, indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worship idols or is abusive or is a drunkard. Somebody as an alcoholic drinks a lot or cheats people, a cheater don't even eat with such a person. It is my responsibility to, to judge outsiders, but it is certainly, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Now, what's the church? Not the building. Don't get confused. The church is the body of Christ. That's what Paul talking to. Only believers. Remember, what Paul, majority of Paul's teachings is to believers, not the world, not the unsaved, is to the saved. This commandments and judgments is for the saved. Not because you're going to lose your salvation. It means you have to be dealt with. That flesh is going to suffer until you get out your mess. You might get tucking home early. What I mean, die. Okay, God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Now, what I mean, die, I mean, you you're, you might be an alcohol, you might be drinking so much drug, you might have an overdose of anything. You could be tucking home early in the wrong way. You know, you'd be saved, you'd be get less rewards, but you still, your salvation is solid. And you're not get judged for sins, but you can't destroy your body. You could live a very bad physical life and mental life on this earth with a sinful living life, even though God forgave you for the sin acts. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's go to uh, five because of time constraints. I got about 15 more minutes. Okay. I hope you're getting something out of this. This is how God looks at it through the eyes of Apostle Paul. 
chapter 5 in Ephesians 5 and 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. I'm going to read all King James. No living Bible. Straight out King James. Self-explanatory. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. First of all, be followers of God. And walk in love. First of all. Second of all, walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice for God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication. That's fornication again. Remember what fornication is? Sex outside of marriage. For the believers, talk to believers, it's not unbelievers, fornication in the church, the church body, not the buildings, but fornication and all uncleanness, okay, and covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as becoming saints or the ones that call themselves saints, okay. Neither these things believers ain't got no business practicing in. I ain't say struggling, but practicing, loosely living these ways. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting. Okay, what is foolish talking? Bad jokes, you know, filthy communication, you know, which are not convenient, but rather giving them things. Bad jokes, that's what he mean by filthiness or foolish talk. Bad jokes, a lot of Christians got filthy mouths with bad jokes. That's not pleasing in the eyes of God. So you can see that. I'm letting you know what the Bible says, was, what did God feel about certain things we do. For this, you know, that no harmonger, you know what a harmonger is, sleeping around, you know, you know, just... No unclean person. What is an unclean person living a worldly life? Well, just, you know, the, the things I mentioned in the teachings, you know, that's an unclean person or no covetous man who is an idolater. Idolater can be, you can have, that you choose certain things and your uh, lifestyle over God had the inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, that type of lifestyle, you don't have inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, he's talking about this is a lifestyle of an unbeliever, not the believer. So let's get this straight. He's not talking about you don't you're not going to heaven, just talking about people that live that way. They don't have a lifestyle and they don't have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Why should you live that way? And you have one. You ain't got no business living like the world. Okay. Let no man deceive you with vain words, empty words that don't mean nothing. For because of these things come with the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now who are the children of disobedience? Unsaved. The world. So know the difference with Paul when he's talking to specifically to believers and talking about the acts of unbelievers. We ain't got no business copying that, okay? Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Who is them? The unsaved, the world. We should not be doing the things as the world. Drinking up, smoking, and different things that's going to affect the temple of the Lord, okay? Chapter 8. For ye sometimes, right, this is, this is, this is coincide with what I'm saying. Verse 8. For ye sometimes were darkness. And now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. We have a commandment to walk as light. Not because we're going to go to hell. It's because, you know, we're supposed to be the light of the world. We should know better. We're supposed to walk differently than the world. You know, not practice that because he was struggling. And if we struggle, we need to try to get some help prayed over and get out of that lifestyle. Whatever lifestyle that we're doing. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. <clears throat> you don't hear nothing about the fruit of the Spirit in church no more because we're so worldly now. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship, listen to this, verse 11, 5, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We should fellowship with the worldly things. So what is the worldly things? Like I said, it's on you. Your, your spirit, man, will convict you, and the Holy Spirit will let you know what's not pleasing. You, you already know some people are stronger than others. What they see as sin might not be sin to you, but we need to respect that. Expose the certain filthy ways of darkness. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them, who the world in secret, 
but all things that are reproved or rebuked are made manifest. All things that are reproved or exposed by the light. For whatsoever doesn't make manifest is light or whatever is exposed or will be made known, it will come into light. It will come into light. Wherefore, he said, to wake thou that sleepest and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee the light. See that you walk, walk circumspectly, that walk circumspectly means walk with caution, walk with carefulness, you know, not as fools, but as wise. We need to watch the way we walk and who we be around. That's very important for the believer. Redeem the, redeem the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We must understand what God's word is. I'm going to know that through his through his word, his word of God and with prayer. Okay. And be not drunk with wine. Ooh, be not drunk with the wine. This ain't so much don't drink wine, but be not drunk with the wine. Wearing its excess. That's reckless living. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't depend on wine and make you feel good. Be, be filled with the Holy Spirit that will give you joy, that will give you peace if you allow him. Okay, but be not drunk with the wine. So this is for the one that says it's okay to drink wine, but don't be drunk with it. Don't abuse it. Know your limit. Your body will let you know when it comes to wine and from the wine, hopefully. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our love, Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we should be doing. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then it goes to the wise doings and everything. I'm going to start right there. So, you read Ephesians 5 all the way to 20. Okay? These, you read this the epistles of Paul, the letters of Paul, you should not even have to ask that question. What do God feel about certain things or certain ways that we are living? Since we're talking about drinking and smoking, just read this and see what's pleasing to God. It's not based on your salvation, losing your salvation. It's not based on you sinning. It's based on what do God feel that is pleasing or what we should not be doing. We should focus on the things we know we should not be doing. It's not named out specifically, but your spirit, man, and you know certain things that you are doing. It's not good if you are the temple of God and you need to just let it go. Even if it's a weight, not so much a sin, it could become a weight and it can destroy your body. You read this and you take it from there. That's all I'm going to say, all right? I'm going to leave it at that. The next one going to come up, that's the answer right there, what the God feel. What do you want to say? What do you think God feel about it? Read these scriptures and the ones I read in First um, uh, Corinthians or Second Corinthians. Read those. And read others and read the Bible in totality when it comes to this type of living. And you already know what God feels about it. If you don't understand it, then that means you don't want to accept it and you don't want to let go of what you're doing. You know, if you're struggling, good. Try to get rid of that, that, that weight and get rid of that problem that you're having with. If you're getting comfortable with it, you need to understand that you're going to suffer some consequences in your flesh. And is it pleasing to God? The answer is no. Openly sinning or openly living that way, even if it's not a sin, it's not pleasing pleasing to God because it's going to destroy you on the long run, mentally or physically, and you will never have a really strong relationship with God in the future. You will go to heaven, but you will suffer some things that you you shouldn't you you don't have to suffer because you want to hang on to that type of lifestyle. I'm getting to sexual addiction next, and it's going to deal with the same type of scriptures. Believers, pay attention. We ain't getting away with a lot of stuff we doing, okay? God bless y'all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. Love y'all. Stay tuned for the next hot topic, sexual addiction. What a God feel about that.
Okay? You ought to know by now. God bless you. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Left out, baby. There's joy ahead of us, so don't give up. God is here to help us through the Holy Spirit, okay? Love y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs>